today on Transforming Lives. Today we want to continue in teaching concerning passion and we'll teach on the second, the last two uh, um, things that you need to know about passion. Welcome to Transforming Lives, a media ministry of Bethel World Outreach Church, City of Glory in Alexandria, Virginia, a multicultural, missions-oriented, disciple-making organization with the purpose of sharing the gospel with as many people as possible in the Northern Virginia area and around the world. Please join Reverend Obadiah Swen for today's message. Genesis chapter 32, verse 22 to 30. During the night, Jacob got up and took his two wives and his two servants' wives and his 11 sons and crossed the river with them. After taking them to the other side, he sent all of his possessions. This left Jacob all alone in the camp. And a man came and wrestled with him until the dawn began to break. When the man saw that he would not win the match, he touched Jacob's hip and wrenched it out of its circuit. Then the man said, let me go, for the dawn is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. What is your name? The man asked. <clears throat> he replied, Jacob. Your name will no longer be Jacob, the man told him, for now you will be called Israel because you have fought with God and with man and have won. Please let me know your name, Jacob said. Why do you want to know my name, the man replied. Then he blessed Jacob. Jacob named the place Peniel, which means the face of God, for he said, I have seen God face to face, yet my life has been spared. Father, in the name of Jesus, we give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. We bless you, Lord, because you are faithful and true. We give you all the glory, all the honor. We pray, Lord, for your people. Give them hearts to believe, minds to understand, and wills to obey. In Jesus' name, amen. The story of Jacob is very interesting. Jacob um, is the son of uh, uh, um, Isaac and Rebekah, and Jacob was a twin. From the time Jacob was born, the Bible records about his life that when he came out of his mother's womb, he came out holding on to his brother's heel. Jacob had a passion to serve God and a passion for, 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 for his purpose. Prior to Jacob uh, um, being born, the Bible tells us that his father prayed for his mother, for them to have a, uh, have, have a child. And God blessed them because Rebekah was barren and God blessed them with twins. But God said to Rebekah, his mother, that there are two nations that were coming out of your womb. One will be greater than the other. When Jacob and Esau grew up, the Bible tells us that one day Esau came out of, um, from the, the field uh, and he saw his brother fixing um, some soup. And he asked his brother for some soup and Jacob said to him, sell me your birthright because Esau was the one who came out first. And by, by right, Esau was the eldest. And, and Esau 
did not regard his birthright, and so he sold it for, to Jacob for some soup. Later on in life, when Isaac was aged, and Isaac wanted to bless his sons, the Bible tells us that he said to his elder son Esau, go and find me some, some game because Esau was a hunter, and bring it for me to eat, and after that I will bless you. Now Jacob's mother overheard Isaac, and she planned a scheme in order for them to trick Isaac so that Jacob can receive the blessing. Long story short, Isaac blessed Jacob, and Esau vowed that he was going to kill his brother because he saw that his brother stole his blessing, even though Esau despised his birthright and was not pursuing God. And so Rebekah talked to her husband and told Isaac that she was not a, a going to, to live peaceably if Jacob would marry one of the, the ladies in, 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 in Canaan. And so they sent Jacob to Rebekah's uh, um, brother Laban in uh, um, um, where they live. And when Jacob went to his brother, his, uh, um, to his uncle's house, he served his uncle seven years for uh, 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 um, his wife Rachel, and then his uncle tricked him and gave him the oldest daughter Leah, and then he served, her, served him another seven years for, for both of his, his wives. And then after that, he served another six years for wealth. After 20 years, when Jacob had had, had um, 11 sons, the Bible tells us that Jacob decided that he wanted to leave and go back to, to Canaan to, to his father. The story that we read records a time that Jacob was going back to the land of Canaan, and he heard that his brother was coming with 400 men of war coming to meet Jacob. And the Bible tells us that Jacob was afraid. He was afraid because he had tricked his brother, even though God had given him the promise and God has I made a covenant with him, but Jacob was afraid, and so Jacob devised a plan to appease his brother by sending gifts ahead of him and giving his brothers a lot of gifts in order to appease his brother so that he may be accepted by his brother. That is another principle in life that we need to understand is that your gift will make way for you. Your gift will open doors for you. If you are a generous person and you are, are, are faithful in giving, it will open doors of favor towards you. The Bible tells us that, that even though Jacob sent all of his, his, his servants ahead with gifts, he was still afraid. And so he's, he carried his, his wives and his children across, and then the Bible tells us that Jacob was left alone in the camp. Now the name Jacob means deceiver or supplanter. Jacob, all through his life, has been tricking people, deceiving people, conniving and doing things in order to get ahead. He was not waiting on God or trusting God to, to build the character that he needed to build in order to get ahead, but he was always conniving. He, he, cheat, he connived with, 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 to take his brother's uh, 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 birthright. He connived to take his brother's blessing. When he went to his father, uh, um, his uncle's place, he connived also. He, he was always conniving. And here was Jacob now left alone. A couple of years earlier when he was running away from his brother or, or going to his, his uh, uh, um, uncle's house, the Bible says that he came to a place called Bethel. 
And there he received a revelation of angels uh, um, going up and down a ladder. And God gave him a covenant and, and, and told him that he was going to bless him and go with him and bring him back to the land. And so Jacob now was staying, standing at this crossroad. The Bible says a man came and wrestled with Jacob. Now, most theologians believe that this man that the Bible is talking about was the pre-incarnate Christ. There are several places in the Bible where the Bible talks about the angel of the Lord and, and it is referred to, to Jesus Christ before he came as a, uh, uh, to be born as a virgin Mary to come. He was a pre-incarnate. But the Bible says he wrestled with Jacob all night. And, and, and during the dawning of the day, Jacob held on to him and refused to let him go. And the Bible tells us that, that he said to Jacob, let me go. And Jacob refused. And then he, he said, Jacob said to him, I will not allow you to go until you bless me. You see, Jacob had a passion. He needed God's intervention in his life. And he was purposeful to allow God to touch his life. And the story tells us that this, this angel of the Lord or the pre-incarnate Christ blessed Jacob and changed his name. And there was transformation in his life. Later on in Genesis chapter 27 or 37, the Bible tells us that from that day on, J Jacob became Israel and he never again cheated or connived to get ahead because of the transformation. And look at what he said. He named the place that he met God and wrestled with God, Paneer, the face of God. He said, I've seen God face to face and my life was spent. We are continuing our series on the recipe for success. The last time we ministered, we shared with you concerning the seven and last ingredient of the recipe for success, and that is energizing your passion. We share with you two of the four things that you need to know about your passion. We told you that your passion determines your destiny, and your passion uh, um, in increases your willpower. Concerning your destiny, you need to know that passion is a strong desire to accomplish something great. Every great man or woman who live uh, and is successful, they all have passion. And if, if you will be successful, you need to develop passion. We also told you that John the Baptist was passionate about fulfilling his plan, uh, the plan of God in his life. Number two, we told you that passion increases your willpower. We told you that it is very, very important for you to know that there is no substitute to passion. You have to desire that which your, the, your purpose in life or that which God has called you to. You have to desire it more than anything else in order for you to achieve great success. John the Baptist was passionate in fulfilling God's plan in his life and he spent time in prayer. He spent time consumed, um, he was consumed with his mission. He, he possessed a magnetic temperament. He also had a strong desire, a sense of justice, and he was not satisfied with inaction. He was a person of action. Today we want to continue in teaching concerning passion, and we'll teach on the second, the last two uh, um, things that you need to know about passion. Number, um, number three, passion increases your ability to impact others. You see, passion makes you an effective person. 
If you have passion, you will become effective. If you focus on your passion instead of how people perceive you or their perception about you, you will become more dedicated to the things that you are doing and you will become a productive person. Also, by increasing your passion, you will increase your ability to impact others and people, your passion will increase your influence other than your, your, your personality. People normally look at results. I mean, if you are passionate about things, regardless of how people perceive you, and you are passionate, it is good for you to have a good character. It is good for you to, to for people to perceive you uh, uh, um, better. But sometimes you need to be passionate. You need to focus on those things that, that you, you, you are uh, um, called to do and, and, and do that. One thing that I practice in my own life is, is, is what I consider intentional neglect. You see, in economics, they call, they have a, a, a principle, it is called opportunity cost. Now, what opportunity cost basically is, it means that you, there is a cost of doing what you are doing now because you are foregoing something that you should have been doing. Like a, an example right now, I'm, I'm sharing with you concerning the recipe of success. If I was not doing this, I would be doing something else. And, and, and maybe you, where, where you are at, in your homes, you may be sitting on, the, on uh, um, watching television right now, and, and, and if, you, if, if you had something else to do, that's a cost. Now, what intentional neglect means is that you focus on your purpose, and you neglect those things that does not add value to your purpose. And that's what passion is all about. You focus on what you are good at, and what, what will drive your, your purpose, and you neglect those things that doesn't add value to your purpose. Now, I'm not talking about, about relationships and all of that because relationships are, are important, but you focus on your purpose. Amen? Your passion will make you better. Now, how do you increase your passion? What are some of the things that you need to do in order for you to increase your passion? I suggest that you take your temperature. What do I mean? Ask people around you. Ask your family members. Ask your colleagues. Ask your co-workers. Ask them whether or not you are passionate about what you do. If you do not have a fire in your soul concerning what you are doing, you are not passionate. Amen? Uh, 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 number two, what do you do? You need to turn back to your first love. You need to return. The Bible talks about returning to your first love. Or, or uh, yeah, even in life, you need to go back to that, that time when you started uh, um, your career or your job or whatever you are doing. Or your school, they, 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 they drive to, to be on time. They drive to give it all your best. Okay, you need to turn back, turn, turn back. think back to those things. What makes you enthusiastic about life? Uh, um, what make you to, to get up and to do those things that you want to do instead of just laying around and, 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 and being lazy about, about some things that you want to do? What causes you and challenges you to focus on those things that you want to do? Amen? Also, number three, how do you increase your passion? Find other people who are passionate about life and hang with them. 
You see, there is a saying, birds of the same feathers flock together. The Bible says, uh, um, good company uh, 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 um, increases your iron sharpening iron. It also says, bad company corrupts good manner. Uh, that means the people that you are hanging around, your friends and your, 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 your colleagues or, or, the, or, 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 or the, the, your acquaintances, those that you are spending time with, they will rub off on you. And if you <laughs> um, interact with people who are passionate, you will find out that they will increase your passion. There is an example of four Hebrew boys in, in the Bible, in the book of Daniel. The Daniel and his three Hebrew boys, the Bible tells us that they were captives. They were uh, among the first group of people that were uh, um, taking captivity in, in Babylon. But these three Hebrew boys, um, the, the King Nebuchadnezzar built an altar or a statue, and he wanted everybody to bow to the statue. But these three Hebrew boys decided that they were not going to bow. And so the king was mad. He decided to hit the, the fire uh, um, uh, um, seven times he told the boys that he would give them another opportunity that they should bow to the statue. Now these boys were with Daniel when the king first had a dream and nobody could tell him about the dream. And the Bible says that Daniel and his friends pray and ask God for God to give them a revelation about the dream. And when God gave them a revelation, they told the king about the dream. Now the king now built a statue and he wanted the entire world to bow down. And these boys refused. And in Daniel chapter, chapter 3, if you read verse 16 and 17, the Bible says that they were standing before the king and these boys said to the king, King, we are not concerned about what you would do to us. We know that our God is able. But even if he does not deliver us, we will not bow. You see, they were passionate about serving God and there was no cost that they were not willing to pay to glorify God. That's how much your passion should be. There should be nothing that would stand in the way for you to accomplish the purpose and the plan of God in your life. Number four, passion makes the impossible possible. Say it with me. Say passion makes the impossible possible. You see, people who are passionate about things, nothing can stop them from accomplishing their dream. Nothing can hinder them. In fact, the Bible tells us, tells us this way. It says, all things are possible to those who believe. And that, that basically, uh, I would say all things are possible to those who, who believe and have a desire to see it come to pass. Amen. That's passion. Passion is like a fire in your soul. Amen. Once the fire is lit and it's burning, the impossibilities vanish away. Fire uh, um, lights your heart. Everything in life, uh, uh, your passion makes you effective. Amen? Passion is, is very important. Somebody with passion with, uh, uh, and with little skills will accomplish much more with somebody who is skillful and does not have any passion at all. There is a story in the Bible concerning the man Elijah. Uh, man, Elijah was a prophet who was passionate about God. He loved the Lord and, and served God. And when the Bible records about Elijah, it was during the time of one of the most wicked kings in Israel, King Ahab. 
The Bible tells us that Elisha showed up one day in the king's palace while everybody was greeting the king, and he declared as a prophet of the Lord, and he said to the king, there will be no rain on this, in this place until I say so, according to the word of the Lord. And then the Bible says when the king was about to, 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 to arrest him, he was gone. After several years, the king, um, Elijah, showed up again. And when Elisha showed up to the king, this time he said to the king, you have caused Israel to turn away from God. You have caused the people to worship the bill and to worship false God. And because of that, you have caused them to, uh, uh, um, to turn away. So gather all of the false prophets and let's meet on Mount Carmel. And the Bible tells us that the king called the, the, the prophets of Baal, and they all met, and he, call, he said, call all of the people. And so all Israel went on to Mount Carmel, and there, there was a prophet of God, Elijah, with the, the, the 800 false prophets of Baal. And then Elijah made a, contest, a, a, a challenge to them. He said, let us pray to our God, and the God who answers by fire, let him be God. Let all Israel determine who is God by the God who answers by fire. That's passion. That's passion. That's a desire to see the glory of God. Yeah, was a prophet of God, wanted to glorify God and wanted to see God being glorified. And because of that, he was willing to, 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 to allow God to glorify himself. The Bible records about the prophet that they put, they set the altar, they built, put the sacrifice on it, and for the entire day they prayed to their God, and there was no fire. They cried, Elijah even mocked them, I mean, Elijah even mocked them, and said that their God was sleeping, but nothing happened. And then at the end of the, 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 the evening sacrifice, the Bible says Elijah called the people together, he built an altar for God, reestablished it, he told them to pour water, water was scarce, Remember, there was famine in the land. There was no water. He told them to pour water, and they, they poured 12 baskets and, and barrels of water on the sacrifice. And they did it three times. And then he lifted up his voice and cried out to God and asked God to answer by fire. And the Bible says that God answered by fire. He licked the sacrifice. Fire came, licked the water, licked the sacrifice. And all pe the people of Israel, everybody looked, and they saw that God was the true God who answered by fire. Passion is everything. You need to be a person of passion. You need to live your life in such a way that you, 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 you bring value to everything that you do. Ask yourself the question, are you passionate? Are you enthusiastic about your life? Uh, what was the last time you got up in the night and you couldn't sleep because you had something on your mind, some, some, some thing that you wanted to do, and you, you had an idea that you had to, to, to develop? Uh, uh, is, uh, do you have, uh, um, is your life uh, uh, um, fruitful? Are you accomplishing your goals and your, 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 your dreams? Are you adding passion to your life? I want to let you know that passion makes the difference. 
Amen. It is very important. We've been teaching this series recently about the, your recipe of success, and we've just ended this series. We told you that success is knowing your purpose in life, maximizing your potential, um, and um, sowing seeds that benefit others, and that God is calling us to work along with him in order to accomplish his plan in our lives. It is very important for you to, to know and to understand that God loves you and that God cares for you. And he wants to be a blessing in your life. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I bless you. I just surround your people with faith, with love, and with your blood. Glorify yourself in them. Minister life to them. Quicken them. Do good to them. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for spending this time with us. We do not like to end our broadcast without giving you the opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. The Bible says God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. But your sins are separating you from God's abundant life. Therefore, he has sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for your sins so that you can experience forgiveness of sins and redemption from death and destruction. If you will accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you shall be saved and enjoy God's abundant life. The Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Friends, if you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, please pray this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. Forgive me of my sins. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. Friends, we are excited that you have accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior. We would like to send you some free materials to help you grow in your Christian faith. Please write or email us at Bethel World Outreach Church, City of Glory, 8305 Richmond Highway, Suite 2A, Alexandra, Virginia, 22309, or admin at BethelVA.com. We encourage you to join a good Bible-believing church so that you can serve the Lord with other believers. If you live in the Northern Virginia, Washington, D.C. area, we invite you to worship with us at any of our services on Sunday morning at 11 a.m., our contemporary worship service, on Wednesday night at 8 p.m., our Bible study, and on Friday at 8 p.m. at our intercessory prayer meeting. Thank you for joining us, and God bless you. This has been a presentation of Transforming Lives, a media ministry of Bethel World Outreach Church, City of Glory. We are located on 8305 Richmond Highway, Suite 2A, Alexandria, Virginia, 22309. Please join us at one of our services on Sunday at 11 a.m. Contemporary Worship. Wednesday at 8 p.m. Bible study, and Friday at 8 p.m. intercessory prayer. For more information about Bethel City of Glory and how you can partner with us, please visit our website at BethelCityOfGlory.org or email us at admin at BethelVA.com. Mm -hmm.